Hi everyone, I'm Laura Langhoff Arndt and this is episode 12 of To Cause to Learn Effective Teaching in the Church. This podcast is for those who want to talk about what it means to teach the faith effectively to people of all ages. We cover issues from teaching Sunday school to those little wee ones in preschool, all the way up to those feisty teenagers. We'll also talk about teaching confirmation, like today, and how to develop a culture of participation in adult Bible study. If you think you're not a good teacher, then you will love this podcast. If you think you're already a good teacher, then you'll love this podcast because it will make you even better. And we all know that good teachers are always looking to be better. We've been through teaching preschool through fifth grade, so today I'm starting the confirmation years and answering the question, why should you change how you teach confirmation? It's an area that makes many pastors uncomfortable, and we're going to talk about why. So, welcome, and let's get started. So, why should you change how you teach confirmation? Well, first, let me ask this. What is the goal of confirmation? My husband is a pastor, and it wasn't too long ago that he was in a church council meeting, and one of the council members asked somewhat negatively, what are you trying to do with this confirmation stuff anyway? He was appalled, being the pastor, and realizing that there are a lot of people who don't realize that confirmation is a Lutheran tradition that goes back before Martin Luther in the Catholic Church to the early 1300s. After thinking about it for a while, I said to him, you know, it's really a good question. I know it's discussed in a lot of academic papers, but It's a question all pastors need to ask themselves. Keeping in mind that we're talking about 13 and 14 year old children, what's your goal? There could be multiple answers. So take a minute to think about it. Why do you teach confirmation? Is it because it's tradition? Is it to increase the Bible and doctrinal knowledge of kids? Is it to have kids publicly confirm their faith? Or is it to make them think about what they believe as they begin the process of deciding who they are? Well, if your primary answer is a combination of increasing Bible knowledge and having them publicly confirm their faith, or having them think about what they believe as they begin this process of maturing, then I suggest that you might want to consider changing how you teach confirmation. And here's why. The first reason and why confirmation makes many pastors uncomfortable is because the seminary doesn't do a great job of teaching pastors how to teach. At least most of them that I know don't. I can't tell you how many pastors in my workshops tell me that confirmation is their least favorite thing to do, and that makes me really sad. And when I ask why, they say they can't get kids to be quiet or to do the work, which makes them feel like a failure. But the big one is that they don't have any idea if the kids actually get it. Now, both of those issues come from the same place. And I'm going to be honest here. Uh, Lutheran seminaries, the ones that I know, are wonderful places to learn the Bible, theology, and Lutheran doctrine. But they don't teach pastors how to teach. 
They may offer one class on teaching and it's very general and not about best practices in engaging people's minds, whether they're kids or adults. There also isn't much, if anything, focused on middle school or on confirmation, which is an important part of a pastor's job. My husband says he was given Luther's small catechism and told to set up his curriculum. And so he did. And then when he got out in the real world, he realized that what he set up in class was not realistic at all. But where is he supposed to go then? Another problem is that Luther's small catechism isn't a curriculum. Oh my, did she really say that? How can she say that? Well, to be honest, Luther's catechism is a great resource book. But a curriculum is more than just a book full of information. The small catechism is not easy to read and not a very interesting read, especially to a 13 or 14 year old and most likely all teenagers. We seem to think that if it's good enough for Luther, then it must be good enough for us. But is it when we're talking about teaching kids? It was written a few hundred years ago. Not being taught how to teach effectively, most people resort to teaching the way they were taught unless there's some kind of intervention. The second reason is we know a lot more about teaching and learning than Luther did in the 16th century. Everyone would be better served if we were realistic about learning and could step out of what we think is true or what we've experienced in the past and embrace what we know now to be true about both teaching and learning today. Back to Martin Luther for a minute. I know what he said in his small catechism about having kids and whole households memorize the catechism, and many, many pastors still think that's the way to go where confirmation is concerned. But that kind of depends on your goal, too. If people memorize the catechism, will they have it memorized forever? Does memorization lead to greater understanding? Martin Luther didn't know what we know about the brain and development and how people learned back in the 1500s. My bet is that if he knew, he would change his methods. Also, things were a little different then than they are now socially, and it makes a difference. While the book is timeless, we would be foolish to not realize that he wrote it for his time. Why would we teach according to 16th century methods when we know so much more now. Professional educators are always being taught this new information about teaching and learning, and they change how they teach constantly because of it. Why would we not do that to teach the most important information that people will ever learn? So that's reason two that you might want to change how you teach confirmation. Reason three is that these kids are not yesterday's kids, or rather, these parents are not yesterday's parents. More and more, I hear people talk about kids today when I think they should be talking about parents today. I taught middle and high school math for many years, and it's clear that parenting has changed. There are memes on social media about it. Kids used to be held accountable for both their behavior and their grades, and now it's often the teacher who is held responsible for grades, and parents make excuses for their behavior. There was a time when parents would tell their kids to do something or that they had to do something and they would just do it. 
Parents thought going to church and surviving confirmation and the dreaded questioning night was important. It was a rite of passage that all Lutherans had to survive. This is not the way of the world today. Parents today are far more concerned about how their kids feel about everything or whether or not they're enjoying something. They're also more interested in how they're doing in school and sports than they are in the church. They want shorter, easier classes with less work and less memorizing. A large part of that problem is that we, the leaders of the church, too often cave in to the pressure out of fear. But what if they stop coming? Kids today have been given a voice and a choice. If they don't want to do something, parents may not make them. Where their faith is concerned, do we cater to the kids then? No. They're kids. They still don't know what's best for them. Do we cater to the parents? Mm, no. And yes. We educate the parents and encourage them. How we do that is a discussion for another day about how we communicate and organize our class and our class time to everyone's advantage, encouraging parents that their child's eternal life is more important than their earthly life. Another issue is that where yesterday's kids most likely had gone through Sunday school and had some Bible knowledge, we find that many, many kids come into confirmation illiterate where the Bible is concerned. They have little or no understanding of Bible content or what their church believes and teaches. Many kids today come from single-parent homes or homes where one of the parents don't go to church or broken homes where they have two homes that they have to move back and forth in between. And many of their parents have little knowledge of the Bible as well. So how do we as a church get around that? That's another discussion for another day. The last reason, and the most important one, uh, begins with me assuming that you're still listening to this podcast and that you want your students to truly learn something, to honestly think about their faith, what they believe, and why they believe it. Middle school is the beginning of the preparation for independence. Kids start thinking about who they want to become and what they believe. Lutherans are notorious for telling people what to think. They don't ask them what they think and then challenge their thinking with biblical truth. It's not about what is taught as much as it's about how it's taught, which can be changed. We now know so much about how people learn and how the brain works that we can teach in a way that helps people remember better and longer. These kids are 14 years old. How much do you remember about what you learned when you were 14? If you're honest, not much, unless it was like math where it's built upon every single year. Many confirmation services have a place in them where these 14-year-old kids are asked if they will commit themselves to their faith to the point that they would die for it. These days, and at this age, they can barely commit to what they want to do next weekend. Do you really think they'll stand by a commitment to die for something they're not sure they believe in the first place? They're 14. An important part of their brain is still under construction and will be for about another 10 years. And it's the part that deals with executive functions. And we really think that this is the time for this kind of commitment?
let me ask you this. When was the last time you asked your high school students what they remember from confirmation? What about young adults, adults, and even seniors? How much do they remember? Can they tell you what they believe and why they believe it? Can they tell you why we baptize infants? Can they tell you why we believe that Jesus' body and blood is in, with, and under the bread and the wine? Probably not. My husband and I taught an adult Bible study class about baptism and started by asking what people knew about it. We heard all kinds of stuff that wasn't biblical and certainly not Lutheran, even down to sponsors or godparents having to legally take care of a child if parents die. Somebody I know whose dad is a Lutheran pastor grew up, had kids, and baptized all of them as infants. When she was 29, she and her husband decided to go with their three kids to a non-denominational church in the area. Her dad asked her what Lutherans believe about baptism that's contrary to the church they were going to. And guess what? She didn't know. She couldn't tell us anything about Lutheran doctrine and baptism. And she was only 29. The days of people being Lutheran because their parents were or are, are long gone. The reality is most kids will get married without considering religious beliefs at all today. If they do, there's a very good chance they will end up marrying someone who may be Christian, but not be Lutheran. Now that's not the end of the world, except maybe for the Lutheran church. In order for people to want to raise their family Lutheran, they need to know basic Lutheran doctrine. Otherwise, every Lutheran church in their minds is no different than any other church. If we don't teach it in a way that will impact them, and a way that they can carry it with them beyond the recitation of the third article of the creed, why do we do it? We can shrug our shoulders and say that there's nothing we can do about it, or we can do the work and make the changes that will change how they think about the truth of God's word. That's why you should change how you teach confirmation. So, could your teaching style, how you present information, be better? Could your content be delivered in a more engaging way to get middle schoolers to think? Could your content be more thought-provoking for kids in the middle school? Well, if you're looking for help in doing either of those things, stay tuned for the confirmation podcasts that will follow in the next few months. And consider checking out the book, The Art of Teaching Confirmation. It's not a curriculum, but it is jam-packed with information and practical ideas of how to beef up your teaching style. And there's also the Art of Teaching Confirmation resources that can be used as a curriculum, or you can take some of the learning activities and add them to what you already do. I'm also going to start some videos on how to use those resources in the near future. Look for them on my blog, carpentersministrytoolbox.com, and the Anchor Video Podcast page. Oh, friends, the middle school years are what I call the understanding stage of faith education. It's the time in a child's life where they're beginning to think more analytically and are starting to ask why something is true instead of just accepting what they're being told. They want to understand more about the mystery that is God and His ways. When I do live workshops, I always have pastors asking a lot of questions. So. 
If you've got a question you'd like to have answered or discussed, feel free to contact me and we'll talk about it here. Whatever it is, if you've got a question, I've most likely got an answer. You can submit questions using the form at carpentersministrytoolbox.com under the podcast tab. Find Carpenters Ministry Toolbox on Facebook, or I've added a widget to the Anchor podcast page that'll let you leave a message. Give it a try. You can also find my books on Amazon in PDF versions for the Art of Teaching Confirmation Resources, Leader's Guide, and a reproducible student workbook on my website. Until next time, my friends, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him or her. James 1.5. Have a great day, everyone.